I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. Our program here called A Mariner's Call, the opportunity God gives this old mariner, usually around the weekend period of time, to open up the Word of God and present something that is there that I think will beneficial and help to those who listen in our vast unseen radio audience. As we say so many times from the banks of the old Bon Secours River, the southernmost part of the state of Alabama, from the offices and studios, ministries, Fishers of Men Ministries International, it's good to be with you. God bless you just for being there. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. Now, I know I don't have time for all of that, but I want to look at the life of a man. Uh, we're going to find him in chapter 13. We're going to find him, well, uh, he comes to surface. This is a, a barren woman. This is the wife of Manoah. It says in verse 24, Judges chapter 13, the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. We're going to talk about him uh, at this time. Hopefully some things about his life. As I read this, it's, it's really of help to me. And it's really helped me to talk to other people about maybe this thought of what I could have been. Are you listening? You know, if you get up into life, and especially we think about getting over the hump, heading toward old age, you get to thinking, I wonder if I had not done that, you know, could I have accomplished this? In other words, lost potential. We're going to look at this in the life of this man and then see how it happened. And then I have no excuse for allowing this in my own life. And then God gives me the ability to be able to talk to others and show others the principle laid down here in the Old Testament in the life of Samson here. In fact, isn't that what we're supposed to do? We don't go to the Old Testament for Bible doctrine, my friend. Our Old Testament has to do, we think about the law, we think about the nation of Israel, we think about Jehovah's bride, we get into the New Testament. Upon the rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior, Israel laid aside, uh, gives us opportunity for us Gentile, uh, Gentile dogs, uh, to hear the gospel, to hear the grace of God, to hear that Jesus not only we think about uh, God's chosen people, but all oh, his hand of mercy will be extended to us Gentiles, uh, the age of grace. And in this age of grace, I find as I read into the New Testament, uh, the writer there to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians, in fact, I think it's chapter 10, he says, now, when you read the Old Testament, when you look back there, those things that happened a long time ago, those things are written for our admonition. A kind of an example or an example for us. So I want to look at the life of this man by the name of Samson just for a little while. I want to find out what went wrong, and I'll make sure I don't duplicate it in my life, and then I want to show it to other people. What about this man by the name of, of 
Samson. Chapter 14, we find in chapter 13, yes, that God blesses him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. God is going to use him. God is wanting to use Samson to dispose of God's enemies. Of course, at the particular time in its passage, it has to do with the Philistines. And in his sovereignty, he does, but it doesn't happen in just sort of a perfect way. Chapter 14, verse 1. All right, Samson's grown up. All right, he's God's man, and he is what we call now a Nazarite. Chapter 13, verse 5, uh, the angel of the Lord speaks to his mother about this. He's going to be a Nazarite. Something about a Nazarite, he just, he's a separated person, uh, separated to the extent there's certain things he cannot do. It's like as far as the vine tree is concerned, stay away from grapes, stay away from the juice. I don't get around anything that's dead. Don't let any razor come upon your head. You can read about this like uh, in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 6, and also like in Leviticus chapter 11, thinking about a Nazarite. All right, we have this man, Nazarite, God's man. God's going to use him. Where do we find him? Chapter 14, verse 1, and Samson went down to Timnath. And saw a daughter in Timnath of the daughter of the Philistines. Mistake. Mistake. Bad mistake. Down to Timnath. Not just the topography. Not just we think about the elevation. He's, we think about the camp of Israel. Up we think about it in the mountains. Going down to Timnath. Down to the plain. Not just down in the sense of topography again. But down. He wounds up down in sin. You said, what's, what's happening here? Down to Timnath, that's the abode of the enemies of God. Uh, He's seeing some things he wants, but he's in enemy territory. A woman of the daughter of the Philistines, verse 2. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. You You can't do that, Samson, you know. Uh, his father and mother says, isn't there not a woman of our own race, our own people? Are you mad? He says, I want her, but you are a Nazarite. You're devoted to God. How can you have affection for a worshiper of other gods, especially the gods of the Philistines, which was the god Dagon? The Philistines, you know, inhabited all the land We think about from Egypt, we think about the eastern Mediterranean, uh, from Egypt all the way up to Zidon and and Tyre, all the entire coastal areas of east the Mediterranean, they they sort of, uh, that's where they lived. And for that being true, by the Mediterranean, they had a god. Dagon was a fish god. And his mother said, you're devoted to God. You cannot go down there. But yet he says something like this. You go get her. She pleases me well. She told me she loves me. Now, what, what's happening here? Just what's the bottom line here? He leaves the realm of the path of God for his life. What is it? David said in Psalm 16, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4, he said, Enter not into the path of the wicked. He leaves the path of of the will of God for his life down to Timnath. So what happens? A progression all the way downward. If you leave the path of the will of God for your life, the whole bottom falls out. Here he begins to lose all potential for what God was wanting to use him for. Uh, I guess in chapter 14, we find him, first of all, if he goes down to Timnath, what does he go down into? 
Then went Samson, chapter 14, verse 5. Then went Samson down, his father and mother, to Timnath, and came to the vineyards of Timnath. Came to the what? To the vineyards of Timnath. Samson, you are a Nazarite. You can't get around a vineyard. You can't get around areas where there's grapes. That is a no-no. What happens is a lion then attacks him. Because of the power of God upon him, he just rips the lion in half, throws the lion by the side of the road, takes off, spends time with this woman. After a few weeks, he comes back, same path. He looks over to the old lion that he killed. It's all gone, nothing but the carcass. He looks into the carcass, and there's a swarm of bees. Oh, swarm of bees? What kind of bees? Honeybees? Reaches in? Yes, honeycomb. And he eats it. Sam said, you can't do that. You can't fool around the vineyards. You can't fool around with this dead animal here. You are a Nazarite. You said, what are you seeing here, preacher? Let me just make it practical and simple. He left the ram of the will of God for his life. Then he lost all his convictions about what he believed. You said, "I I don't understand. All right, he's a Nazarite. He has certain beliefs. He is separated in certain areas. Then he left the will of God for his life. All these convictions, the hours of training, the convictions of a Nazarite, he compromised, throwed them to the side. You see what I mean? So progression downward. You leave the path of the will of God for your life. This will happen to you. You've seen it in the lives of others, I'm sure. They begin to compromise their beliefs. And then he not only lost his convictions, but he lost his perception. Oh, in chapter 14, I wish I could read all these verses to you. He goes down to Timnath, gets involved with a woman. Chapter 16, he goes to Gaza, gets involved with a harlot. Chapter 16, he gets involved also with a woman and Solrak. Her name is Delilah. And what she does, he take, she takes him apart a piece at a time. That that he wanted so bad now is used by the enemy to destroy him. Sin dulls his senses. And a woman takes him apart a piece at a time and takes his last bit of separation away. No razor upon his head. All right. The enemy now is lost, <laughs> lost his hair shaved his head. Chapter 16, verse 20, says that concerning Samson, as far as his response to what this woman had done, he said, uh, he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. How sad. He lost his beliefs. He lost his perception as far as wisdom is concerned. Now he's lost his power. Samson evidently was the most powerful of all men that had ever lived. Slays a lion with his own hands. Chapter 15, verse 40, catches 300 foxes. Chapter 15 and chapter 16, it talks about how they bind him with ropes. It tears him apart like his thread. Chapter 15, verse 15, takes the jawbone of an ass and takes and slays a thousand men. Chapter 16, verse 3, the Philistines make him mad. He goes to the entrance of a city and picks up the city doors, the doors of the city, and uh, that that the doors are fastened to the post, pulls them up out of the foundation. I'm talking about tons and tons of weight. Takes them up a hill and throws them down. There is no man like this, and yet all his power is gone. 
What was this power again? This power was his separation. He lost this power. He lost his God. His position and potential now is gone. A mighty leader of Israel, it's gone. The strength of God, it's gone. The greatest judge Israel could have ever had, it's gone. God's man, respected and honored, wealth, fame, it's all gone. What does he do? Becomes no more than the, we think about the enemies of God grab him. Verse 21, the Philistines took him, put out his eyes. Wonder why that? No eyes. Sin began with his eyes. He went down to Timnath and saw a woman. What does he wound up, wind up doing? Uh, bound with fetters, grind in the prison house. He becomes no more than just an animal, a slave, no eyes. And they mock him. What a loss. All the potential this man had is gone. But he does not lose his chance to get right. In the meantime, Samson is praying, Oh, God, oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, would you take and help me to get vengeance upon these people? God answers his prayer. And there at the end, yes, you remember the, the post that held up this huge temple? Yeah, on top there, on the top floor, all thousands upon these Philistines partying and mocking him and mocking God. God allows him to take vengeance on these people. Samson, what are you saying, Brother Mon? I'm saying don't lose all the potential that you have in life of service to God. Tell this to other people. Don't wind up a loser, my friend. Don't lose the potential God has invested in your life as a person, as this man by the name of Samson. Now, until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.